0: Good morning, everyone. It's Lee Henson, president and founder of Agile it's time for today's episode of The Daily Stand-Up. Without any further ado, let's get started. It's Monday, and it's a glorious Monday. And today, I am happy to report that I have one of my favorite fellow scrum trainers in the world, Mr. Mike Vistos. Mike, how are things today?
1: Things are awesome. How about for you?
0: I'll tell you what. It, it's going to be like a Lego movie episode, because I'm about to say everything is awesome, right? It's Uh-oh. just, <laughs> no, everything's been so good. And I can tell you, the weekend's been great, lots of wonderful things happening, but today we have a really important topic to talk about. So I'm going to let you kick this off because we started having this conversation just a few minutes ago, but I'm going to let you reintroduce it because I thought the way that you positioned it was on point. So I'll let you take it away, Mike. Go for it.
1: Yep. And, and I still need some help trying to position this, but you know, we're seeing a lot right now with you've got uh, people going back to the office now and working individually and on teams in the office. And then you've still got people that are remote. They're calling in on Zoom. They're listening to, to Zoom and yep. working remotely. And that works really well individually. But now as a team, when you get back to work, and this isn't really hybrid. This is this is like something to uncrack next. Right. Is you've got the teams made up of individuals who are in person and remote at the same time. Hmm. How do we make it so that one or the other isn't like second class individuals? Hmm. I think
0: you're on to something. So i've been so prior to pandemics, so let's rewind. so prior to pandemic, I saw organizations where they had team composition, where they might have certain team members who were in India, other team members who were in Sweden. You know, in some kind of way, we still found a way to make that work, because well, they were all remote, so they were just working remotely together, even though they may have been co-located in each of those individual locations, and for whatever reason they had enough. I will just call it glue. They had enough glue to make it stick together so that it, we, we could figure out a formulate to way, to way to make that work. And I believe that's what people were originally calling hybrid, right? Mm. But now, like you mentioned, I, I I just taught a scrum master class and, and the company called me in for a private class and I said, okay. They said, Lee, you know, you have to fly in. So I flew in and I got there and they said, okay, here are your five individuals or six individuals locally, and the rest are all on Zoom. And I was just like, you know, how can you position yourself to make this work? So I guess my question for you is I'm seeing the same problem in lots of large organizations, no doubt. So Mike, what is your proposal for the best way for organizations to handle this? You're the expert at this. So I'm asking you, what do you see and how do you see us solving the problem? Or what's, what's some of the ideas? There are some ideas out there.
1: Uh, well, one of the ideas I'm, I'm kind of tossing around now is I've got like, a I do a lot of speaking in-house to, to organizations. Sure. And I'm going to be giving an upcoming talk Coming up. And one of one of the things that we we landed on was let's do an hour talk for the people that are in person. Okay. And then an hour talk for the people that are on Zoom or or remote. Okay. And that way they are two separate audiences so that we can maintain continuity Mm -hmm. uh, a lot easier. I'm still seeing though, there's this huge problem. Like, how do we combine the two? Right.
0: That's what I was just going to ask. How do you get that bridge? And, and I think that what, you know, so so this is interesting because this is going to piggyback for those of you who didn't listen to the episode with Mike Cohn, this is going to piggyback on something that we were talking about. So the two mics are talking about the same thing, kind of interesting. I'm calling it clairvoyance. Uh, but, <laughs> but one of the things that he was bringing up was just that people are struggling with going back to work is the way he described it. He says people have been in this mentality where they're so used to being remote or they're so used to being on Zoom or they have certain behaviors that those behavioral patterns have formed. And now when you're trying to do this blend, it's becoming more difficult. Now, one of the things that I've done, just kind of throwing it out there, I'm I'm curious to hear your opinion is when I have organizations, large bank, for example, they have people all over the world, but they still have people who are remote and some people who are in person. The people who are in person are frustrated because the people who are remote won't come in the office. the people who are remote are frustrated because they don't have that direct point of contact with the people who are in the office. you know so one of the things that we did was uh, we leveraged tools like uh, mural or Miro to create these mm-hmm. really engaging interactive work environments where I don't want to call it a virtual work environment, but, but it's just, it's a lot more, how should I put it? It's a lot less structured than a formal tool, i.e. Jira version one, pick your poison, but it's a lot more structured than just trying to let everything go or trying to just have a conversation in Slack. It's a little more interactive. Uh, mm-hmm. So either gamifying it or putting something like that out there. What are your thoughts around using some of those tools? And you know, you can throw out other names if you'd like, but what are your thoughts around using some of those tools to help get those teams mm-hmm. to engage?
1: Uh, like with any tool, and and you know we have used a lot of tools over the mm-hmm. years. I agree. You know it's 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 about keeping the lowest friction point possible and keeping the conversations really upfront and forward. Um, things like Miro and Mural, awesome, but they do require a lift and and being able to understand you know how to use them effectively. Sure. So really having maybe an effective facilitator who is good at helping to bridge the communication between the in-person and the people that are remote on the same team. Right. Uh, I think this is going to have to be super intentional mm-hmm. and something that people are going to have to really share how they're figuring this out right now. Right.
0: And I think, I almost think that, uh, you know, and I was going to jokingly say, I think we just now invented a new scrum role. We're going to call it certified scrum facilitator. And that person's going to be one who facilitates a across- No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) That's all we need is another role, right? Uh, Uh, We need like another bullet in our head. No, but I I think that, you know, interesting, because this could be one of the key takeaways from this conversation. And and, uh, I think that what you just now said, if you weren't paying attention, what he said was brilliant, that having a facilitator of some kind, whether it's a coach, whether it's a person in a role of scrum master, whether it's someone who's, who, who's, who's experienced with these tools that understands how to facilitate meaningful conversations coming in first and guiding the team and greasing the skids. Cause I love what you said about having the lowest point of friction. Cause I think a lot of people miss that, right? They, they think the tools to silver bullet solutions can solve all our problems. I've seen that a million times. They implement the tool. And then they go, well, your agile is different than my agile. We're doing it differently and they give up. Right. But I guess my question is so so it sounds like to me this revolves a, a lot around the number one thing that I talk about and that's communication absolutely so so how can we how can we as facilitators as coaches as trainers how can we what are what are some of the best ways that we can educate leadership educate folks on the ground what are some of the things that we can do to make the world a better place and and to try to promote this type of communication because I don't think it's going to get any easier. Honestly, I think we're at the beginning of this. And I think we, we haven't hit the apex of how difficult it's going to be as more and more of this happens. So tell me more about how you plan to build a bridge. What, what, what do you think we can do to make it better?
1: Part of it is, is listening to really understand, is there a problem to be solved? Right. Right. Or is this just like a manufactured problem in my own head? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm really good at doing that by the way. Um, and and then being super intentional with conversations around it, with especially leadership teams, right. um, as they struggle to say, you know, you've got to come back to work. And, you know, the, the opposing forces saying, you know, I'm not coming back anymore. Right. Uh, how, do you, how do we make that work? Um, it's it's going to require leadership to listen to the people on their teams mm-hmm. and, and figure go- out how they can do it together.
0: Right. I was going to mention that Scrum Alliance has these programs, you know, Cal, Cal E, mm-hmm. Cal, Cal A, B, C, D, E, F, G, Cal for, people. Yeah, Cal for people with an O negative blood type who were born on a Wednesday. I don't know. But but I, I'm confused about the letters, but that's OK. I think that what I'm trying to say here, though, is that there might be a need for something that's structured for leaders. Now, we have something we call an Agile Leadership Summit that we offer, and I'm sure you mm-hmm. probably have something that's very similar but I think that we need to take something that's at that level where we could say, this isn't necessarily a certification class, but this is a class that we can offer to leaders to help them get communication back on track within their organizations. I mean, is, is that kind of where you were going with your, I know you mentioned a presentation piece that you were talking about doing coming up. Mm-hmm. Were you talking about having a focused presentation with leadership first and then having these other facilitated conversations, both with remote and at the team level? Or how are you going to approach? Yeah,
1: like- it's almost like before I'll even start engaging with a new client, right. set that expectation up front. Yeah. And, and if, if they don't recognize it's a problem or they don't want to really tackle it, I'm, I'm going to tap out um, because I don't want to set myself or that team up for failure.
0: Agreed. And I th- And I thought I was unique there. So thanks for letting me know that I'm not unique. I have told, and, and I've told this story a million times, I've told more companies no yep. to engagements than I have yes. And people are just like, how can you do that? You know, you're leaving all this money on the table. And my answer is, I, I'm i not here to cater to what they want to do. You know, when companies come in and they say, we want to keep on doing the same exact thing we're doing now, you know, it, it, it always starts this way, Mike. The conversation starts, but we're different. We're mm-hmm. different than everybody else, but we're doing- Special stores, snowflakes. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're special snowflakes. And and what we want to do is we want to keep doing the same thing we're doing now, Mike, but we want to, we want to agilify it. We want you to come and sprinkle some scrum dust on it, make it work, you know, like it should, but we don't want to change what we're doing. We just want you to take what we're currently doing and agilify it. And it scares me to death because I'm seeing that there's a pure misunderstanding and there's this disconnect that you're talking about. So, so I definitely don't think it's something that you're concocting in your head. I think it's something that's real. So... I think the three tools that I heard, and I just want to make sure I got this right. One is that we need to make sure we identify that there is a problem that needs to be solved. And that needs to be recognized by leadership and the people on the ground before we even start the approach, right? Mm -hmm. Two is that we need to make sure that we find ways to communicate better. And whether that's through using tools or hosting facilitated sessions with a good agile facilitator or coach or a trainer to come in and help guide them so that we can grease the skids to make these changes either easier. And then three, I don't think we talked about this one yet, but I think there's a good way to close out our conversation to talk about this, is about establishing the right culture internally to make this something that's acceptable. Because I think a lot of times... We don't know what the end game is going to be going in. So when we walk in and we say, okay, well, let's find a way to establish a culture where all these people can work together. And then leadership says, no, well, by the end of 2023, we're all going to be remote. I'm closing all the offices. You know, we, we, we kind of need to know that, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's one of these things where I think we need to also establish what culture they're, what are they trying to do? What culture are they trying to achieve? You know, not everybody's going for a Spotify model or an Amazon model. We need to figure out where they're trying to go in their organization and how little or how much they want to take in.
1: Absolutely, and again, being super intentional about hitting that reset button. Yeah, you know, you just you just can't go back to the way it was, whatever that was, mm-hmm. um, because everything has changed. And and you know, having having a facilitator or a coach or a trainer come in and hit a big reset button for you, get back to that forming stage. Come up with some t- new team norms going to be super super important.
0: I love that you brought the TPM model into this. The forming, storming, norming, performing, you know. And and I'm I'm going to throw the last one in here carefully, Mike, so hear me through, adjourning, cuz I think that we need to adjourn what we were previously doing at this point. We need to say, okay, up until this point that worked, but now we're recognizing that there are some failures. It's time for us to apply the, apply the empirical process. It's time for us to be transparent that there is a problem. It's time for us to inspect and adapt, maybe even apply growth. You know, what is our goal? What are we trying to achieve? Well, this is what we're trying to achieve. Okay, well, where are we? What's our reality? Here's where we are. What are our opportunities or options? And then what will we commit to do today? And I think that if, if we can get leadership to at least have that meeting with us, to identify that there is a separation, something that we're trying to fix, then it makes it easier for, and, and I almost hate to say this, but I want them to press the reset button. I mean, I'll be there to facilitate mm-hmm. it, but I want them to turn the key. <laughs> I want them to press the button, right? Absolutely. I just think too many times you know they're they're they 're not taking accountability for those actions and they 're not accepting that accountability and they they're and 're they're, they're putting it on us, which is fine, and they say if things go well, it was all my idea, but if things go bad, you know you thought of it mike and we'll and we 'll make sure everybody knows that exactly so I guess in closing, I do have one question that I ask everyone, and this is an important question you know there 's a lot of turmoil in the agile community there 's a lot of turmoil in the world period right now today, and I know that you have been a very strong advocate for maintaining peace within the scrum training and coaching community. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. So I guess I'm going to leave you with what I call the final word. What I want to know from you is this, if we could, as a community, as a community of leaders, as a community of trainers or coaches, if we could flip one switch, pull one lever and make one change that, that we could do, that we could, that we could apply to help make the world a better place, to help make people engage better, to help with communication, what with without any negative ramifications whatsoever right what what one lever would you want to pull what one what one thing would you want to see change in in the community in the world
1: uh this probably goes around more with empathy but listen listen to people and understand their perspectives and
0: I got to give you kudos here, Mike. Empathy has been the number one answer. Every time I ask this question, I've gotten empathy. <laughs> and, and it surrounds communication. And you're right. You know? And I think that too often we, we aren't, and I'm going to go here too, sympathetic to what the needs are. And we're not mm. empathetic to understand. And uh, there's a whole bunch. So Bruce Tuttman, the same guy who did forming, storming, norming, performing, he also did a study on the word listen. And he talked about how in some cases, when men hear the word listen, the first word that comes to their mind is hear. But when women hear the word listen, the first word comes to their mind is understand. So Mm -hmm. there's a vast contrast between the difference of hearing and understanding, you know, something. And I think that this might help us, you know, in the words of Jeffrey Moore, cross the chasm. It's going to help us build a bridge. And Mike I just I can't say enough good things about you. If people want to get in touch with you or learn more about your organization or what's going on, give us a couple of seconds about what you got going on, anything you want to
1: promote, and how can people reach you? So let's see. The the easiest way to reach me is just Google me, Michael Vizdos. I pop up on MichaelVizdos.com. I do training, mentoring, and some coaching, Mm -hmm. and I run a really awesome online mentoring group uh, with Ron Jeffries, one of one of the original signatories at agilementoring.com. It's a great little community, quiet. Um, It it goes back and forth in waves. And then uh, if you want to subscribe to my implementing Scrum email, uh, I send an email out. have been doing this almost for the past 15, 16 years already. Every week uh, an email goes out and uh, it's, it's real targeted toward like stuff I'm seeing in real life. And then how do you apply it as in your organization.
0: I know I'm not supposed to play favorites, but but this might be one of my favorite episodes. I absolutely love being with you. This is good because you're giving people real world context and through implementing Scrum, they're going to be able to get that newsletter, get the information that they need, jump on it. Mike, you are just an amazing person and it shows. And thanks for all you've done for the agile community. Thanks for giving back.
1: Uh, thanks for hosting this this no, is awesome no worries.
0: yeah so this is the daily stand-up and i'm glad you could be here if you have a question that you want to uh, ask about the daily stand-up about us or if you want to contact mike and you just forget how to do it or you can't reach him or can't find him i don't know why you couldn't find him he's easy to google but uh, if something does happen reach out to me i'll be happy to connect the two of you uh and if you have something you want to talk about here let me know learn more at we'd love to hear from you about what you want to talk about until next time we encourage you to stay healthy stay well and stay agile, my friends do take care good to see you mike Thank you. Bye-bye.